AT&T presents Boston Bruin Podcast on WEEI.com. Bruins coming in tonight on this Friday, January 15th. Had lost 8 of 10, and we're coming off two ugly-blown third-period leads in New York and Philly. They win it tonight, reverse it, turn the tables, and win a 3-1 game with a tied game at 1 heading to the third period. Ken Laird here with DJ Bean. DJ, it was a Ryan Spooner night. Your guy, you've been bullish on him here the last couple weeks uh, despite the injuries and playing in a more high uh, prolific role. He showed up tonight, didn't he? Yeah, absolutely. And, I mean, really now it's getting to the point like that they still really miss David Krejci. And now you get to the point where you say, what would they be doing right now without Ryan Spooner? Which is a funny thing to say because you follow the Bruins over the years. Spooner was, was kind of a, I don't want to say a tease, but... The idea of being of Spooner ever really making it with the Bruins seemed like a long shot because uh, the Bruins didn't, I guess, I mean, his style of player didn't generally fit in with the, the big, bad Bruins and all that. And they'd offered him in trades and tried to get rid of him at points. And now, even though they've lost a lot of these games without Krejci, really the biggest silver lining is, well, thank God they've got Ryan Spooner. So, I mean, he steps up huge tonight. Three points, uh, continues his hot streak. He actually, to show how he's kind of been crazy light in the production department, he actually has as many points now through 43 games as Krejci had in 35 games. So uh, not a bad feather in his cap to this point. Yeah, if people that missed the game tonight, you know, you'll you'll read the box score and you'll see Spooner and, and also Matt Bolesky plus threes, and, and actually uh, so was Louis Erickson. That whole line was a, was a plus three. It's not like Spooner did anything that magnificent in and of itself, but he was involved in all three of those, wasn't he? Including Bolesky whiffing on a face-off win, but Spooner had the presence to get it back to Chara for what turned out to be the game winner. The all-important job on a face-off of retrieving. Um, (laughs) And, you know, Spooner doesn't take that face-off. Bolesky does. As you said, loses the face-off, but he's able, or whiffs is a better way of putting it, and Spooner jumps in and is able to literally jump out of Chara's way as uh, Chara puts that puck on net. And really, I mean, Spooner involved in all of them, and really Bolesky. I mean, whether or not Bolesky, I think, gets the secondary apple on that Chara goal, but really his screen plays such a big big role in it. So really, those two guys, I mean, points or no points, and as as we, we know pretty well, in the case of Bolesky, it's often no points. Uh they they find a way to factor in probably Bolesky even more so than uh, than than Spooner. So to see Bolesky now, I mean, he obviously had really bad puck luck earlier on in the year. Now he's starting to get kind of rewarded, and he's showing up on the score sheet for doing a lot of things that are leading to goals. Uh, it's probably a massive sigh of relief for him. Work ethic was kind of a theme of the night on social media, DJ. Uh, but oh, you know, <laughs> but actually, you know, this was a game. Even Claude Julian was saying afterwards, like he wanted them to play on their toes in the third period. Uh, you wondered how mentally fragile they would be after blowing those two games. It is only Buffalo, but it's pretty significant they're able to come out and put one away in a tight game. Yeah, and you almost wonder what the hell would happen if if. Uh that Chara goal comes at the end of the second period versus right. the beginning of, of the third. I mean, maybe it took not having a lead for them to go in and say, all right, win this final damn period, please, for the love of God. I mean, you even go back to the game um, where uh, where they blew that lead for the Sabres, and really, if I'm recalling the right game on, um, on the, the Road to the Winter Classic show with the cameras in the, in the dressing room, 
but Julian was basically saying to these guys, like, please, just, just don't blow this. And you could almost tell it was coming uh, for them, for them to, to go into this one and just outplay a team for a third period. It's probably an unusual feeling for them, given the way they've played of late. But, I mean, man, they, they could not come off this road trip with, with four losses in a row. So this is a big one. As it stands, they take five of the possible ten points on the trip. They come back uh, tomorrow night for Toronto. Like, the line combinations, obviously Spooner and Bolesky, that line is working well. The fourth line's been pretty good for a fourth line. Uh, you know, Bergeron and Marchand have been cold, though, since Marchie's come back from the suspension, and they're carrying Conley along, who did get the empty netter tonight. But uh, I was going to say, I think you're forgetting that Brett Conley had no standing <laughs> showing tonight with one goal. Yeah, I mean, as I foreshadowed on Twitter, he versus an empty net, I wasn't sure. It was, I was looking for predictions as to what was going to happen, but hey, good. Good for him. He, he got, got off the schneid. Can those two lines be productive enough here without Krejci? It's like they found two out of four. Can they get three or four out of four? Right. Well, that's. I mean, the, the Burrs are online. You, you, whenever it's not producing, you almost don't worry about it because you know that it will. But now it's kind of not necessarily put up or shut up time. But they do need that line going, and they do need Marchand uh, performing the way or producing, I should say, the way he was leading up his suspension. The thing is. That line is never not going right, if, if that makes sense. Pardon my, my poor phrasing. Like, Marchand and Bergeron are always generally shutting down the other team's top line. So they're still doing their jobs in some sense, but you're right. I mean, the, the, the points do need to be there, not, not because they're not carrying their weight, but because with as thin as this team is offensively, you can't count on Ryan Spooner's line to do everything. And as bizarre as the standings are, the Montreal Canadiens drop out of a playoff spot, I guess, tonight, depending on the result as we tape this of the Tampa game. Um, or at least they'll drop into a wild card spot. So somehow the Bruins don't look as poor as they looked you know, before tonight started. Isn't it funny how that's happened? It's always yeah. like a matter of two or three days. This has happened a few times this season where it goes from doom and gloom to looking pretty or looking great to doom and gloom. And really, what the what NHL.com needs is a category in the standings, which is projected points, because with teams having games in hand, and the Bruins usually have games in hand because um, they haven't played as many games. That's what games in hand is. Um, you have to calculate, all right, so this team is behind this team in the standings, but really how many points are they on pace to finish with? Because really that's all that matters, and that's how they should should rank the, or they, they, that's what they should show in the standings, in my opinion, just so we don't get this ice cream headache. Exactly right. All right, back to the friendly confines tomorrow night. See you down at the Garden. Awesome. See you then. DJ Bean, Ken Laird. It's Bruins Post Game Podcast. We are presented here on WEI.com by AT&T.